Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. For all you Francophiles out there, that's right, Rojos. You can get your own Francophile gear like pillows, mugs, shirts, and so much more in the Believe in Soap Operas Tea Public Shop. And in honor of Franco's portrayer Roger Howarth, all proceeds from the Franco Falkier will also go to Feeding America, just as his cameos. So check him out on Cameo, and for a shortcut to the Franco File merch, go to tinyurl.com/francophilebso. Now back to the show. I love watching that video. I mean, mostly because I made it, but also because of the pictures that are in there. <laughs> I love it every single time. You know, I was gonna say something to you. I remember you did a video uh, not too long ago where you were doing a tribute to Haley from All My Children. Oh yes. Where it was, <laughs> and I saw the picture in there of her and I was just like, I love that. Well, you, Lucretia, we still owe the fans doing a Susan Banks oh, impersonation. Oh yeah. And we, should, we, we still owe them that. So we have to get to that at some point. Yeah, that that Chloe, she she's just a slut. <laughs> so mean, my mind. See, I did more Davidson version, but I think Stacey's great. But hi, everybody, oh, yeah. welcome back to another episode of Believe in Soap Operas. I am Darrell Anthony with my wonderful co-host Lucretia Lyon. How are you, girl? I am good because I mean, well, well, part of me is not good. But again, as I said, that's why I luckily had the time to make a design for you, other Frank files because I knew what was going to happen, but it didn't make it any easier. So RIP Franco Baldwin, but don't worry. Roger is still with the show. That was the weird part that I knew. Cause I was like, wait a minute, where's Roger going? Oh, he just needs a vacation and wants to go see his family in New York and they're going to have him back as somebody else. Okay. I can live with it. Even though I'm a diehard frizzy, uh, but I see where they're going, at least with Liz. And this is where I'll say the caveat fans have is like, yes, is there a way to give Liz story without killing Franco? Of course, there always is. But we, Becky Hurst and William Lipton, every and Ken Schreiner, everybody got great material this week. So that's the bittersweet thing of it is that we do lose a character we love so much like Franco, but feel free to buy your Franco file gear guys on the T public page. All proceeds go to feeding America since Roger was donating his cameo there. That's where I'm donating those as well. I think that's absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, we both knew about the Franco situation and we talked about it. I think for me, um, it's interesting, right? Because I really like what Becky um, and Roger brought forth as a couple. I yeah. really don't want them to put her with anyone else, but I also don't want them to- Not even- uh, Go ahead. Not even Finn? Because to me, that's what they've been setting up and testing. Like I saw it that, that for, like there was a shift 
you could tell where they shifted Finn's issue being about Valentine, the jealousy of Anna. And they also shifted him and Elizabeth in more scenes together. And more like that was his first thought was talking to Elizabeth about Franco. So like to me, there was a very clear change in direction for story on both of their parts there. There was, I mean, but you also, I, I also think about a lot of people feel that Finn um, and Alexis, mm -hmm. there might be a change of story, but I also still feel like something happened today. I know we're probably gonna talk about this next week yeah. where I don't know if it's the end of Alexis and Ned, to be honest with you. And a part of me thinks that Olivia might need to move into another realm. I don't know. I like well, Olivia's- Robert? Name yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. I like Olivia as a quartermain, but Olivia with Robert, Ned, maybe with Alexis, um, you know, maybe Finn and Elizabeth. I, I think it could be very interesting and, and and to see how it goes. I am interested though, if Roger comes back, uh, people are speculating that he'll come back as Drew, uh, which I, I don't know how yeah. I feel about that because part of the reason of that being is that if he comes back as Drew, is Drew gonna be intimate with Sam? I don't know if that's, is he gonna try to go back with Sam? Is Drew going to try to go with Elizabeth and they make it a Drew and Elizabeth thing? Um, which is why I think him coming back as Todd would be the best answer. And for Roger to honestly become involved with Carly again um, yeah. as Todd. And I think that that sets up um, a really interesting story. And it also sets up some information for us to maybe play with the One Life to Live cast. So I'm super excited to see what happens. Yeah, I will say like, I mean, it's all speculation at this point. I, I promise you guys this time, I just didn't want to uh, sound the alarm bells and didn't want to get anybody in trouble by, by saying the Franco thing. But, but I do know that that neither one of us have any intel on who Roger's playing. That's being very kept tight-lipped. So, so this, again, is all speculation. But I'm very much a, I pick up on certain things. And when you're seeing a lot of people from One Life to Live kind of creeping back to the surface, like a lot of tweeting, a lot of all my children's stuff with the, the uh, impending Pine Valley, and w certainly when you have Michael E. Knight and um, Kim Delaney sharing scenes together, it seems like they've understood what they were kind of missing and that nostalgia, that going, you know, those nods, those little Easter eggs. So it wouldn't surprise me if Roger doesn't come back as Todd. And like you say, Carly might be the love interest there because, I mean, here's another thing. We're seeing a lot of Vanessa Marcel talk from her and from Maurice, mm -hmm. and they've been hanging out. I see Brenda coming back because to me, this whole Sonny and Carly apart, yes, this is sort of setting up Nina's story and, and potential exit there because I don't feel like Sonny and Nina, if it happens, which it may, will, won't, will be long. Of course not. Jax, where is Jax? Like, do we even want Jax here? Does he even fit anywhere? Because I was okay with a car Jax reunion. I've always thought they work well together. But that just doesn't seem to be where they're going. They've made some notes here or there. Same thing with Carly and Jason. So yeah, that may yeah. be it. That 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 there were there's been a lot of thoughts and then some shifts because I've noticed this too. Like we're seeing a definite shift with the Sam character. Like that's been here yeah. or there where you're like, okay, they were going this way. Now they're going this way. What what's going on? And it may just again a lot of this depends on people's contracts and if they're planning on them to exit or exit for a little bit or come back as someone else. Like like there's a lot up in the air. But that's what I sort of see is that. 
it wouldn't surprise me if we don't have Brenda return by the end of the year and we have an exit for Jax. We do have an exit for him. And listen, as far as I like what you said about Sam, um, I really, someone made a comment today, and again, I don't want to talk too much about it, but we can talk about this in reference to last week, is people are really excited, because this comment was going on last week, that people are really excited that Sam is mixing it up um, with the rest of the canvas. People are super excited. I believe it was Rodrigo um, who is a part of uh, Soap Chat. He actually, well, for now named the chat, and he was very... Um, very excited. Like people are saying, like they're excited to see Sam mixing it up. They remember the Sam and Maxi friendship. Uh, yeah. They remembered that Sam was, uh, <laughs> it, it, it rem they remember that Sam was with, um, you know, Patrick, you know, they brought yeah. that up recently. And they also remember that Sam was with Drew. My God, <laughs> Drew, her baby father. Like she's now finally talked about him as Scout's father. So I really do like some of the shifts. I know there's a lot of people that's not happy with everything, but all I ask is people give everyone a little bit of time because I think that, you know, just trying to figure out what fits where and how it fits and, and what works. And I know that from the actor standpoint, because I feel like the one thing about GH actors is they're all pretty honest. They're all excited about the different shifts that are coming. Like all of them have been saying, we feel that the stories might not have been, you know, where we wanted them before. We've all been frustrated before. You know, I know uh, Kirsten had said in Soap mm -hmm. Digest, she's been frustrated with the story, but they're all excited because they're like coming forth. And, and I think one last point on this is people do have to understand that new writers took over. Chris and Dan took over. They, yes, they've been there a year, but there was a lot of stuff seated in from the previous riding regimen, the same way before them, there was stuff seated in by Ron. Before Ron, there was stuff seated in by Garen Wolf and everyone else who wrote before him. There's always year to sometime two year long plans on these shows. And so they have to go in and basically retool it. And it's almost mm -hmm. like starting a show from scratch. It really is. And I think that, you know, they, they need more than just a little bit of time to get used to this. And I think that honestly, Chris and Dan need at least a good three years to honestly get GH the way that they want it. And I think that they're finally, you know, starting to see that. Well, yeah. And sometimes like, I know that, that we all want what we want when we want it. We're humans, yeah. and, but we have to understand that just isn't in the cards. And like you say, it's that they've done a better job of remembering things. Like we say, Sam is friends with Maxie and that made sense after Lulu to be Maxie's maid of honor. That that made sense to me. And I that was one of my favorite parts of Sam was their friendship. Same thing with Spinelli. Yeah. Spinelli just puts a smile on Sam's face that you don't get to see very often. And and that's nice. Like I don't mind those beats. I like those beats. I want to see a Spinelli and Maxi reunion. And I feel like that may be where we're going. But like we have to let it be a process and we have to let things happen. And like you say. They have to wrap up stuff or they'll be chastised for that. And that's why I get that everybody wished that Kim Delaney was Liz's mom instead of Chase's mom or whatever. But the thing is, we set up the whole Finn slept with Chase's mom and his father's you know, wife thing way before. So we're going to have to play that beat out. And that sort of thing is I get that people wish things were a different way, but it's more like, just as many people maybe would be as mad if they just dropped the whole thing. I agree that it took them way too long to get there. Same thing with the Nell is Nina's daughter. They did set a lot of that up, but it, 
because of the way scheduling and because of the way certain things work, they had to keep kind of putting it off and coming back to it. Like, luckily now we have Brooklyn back this week and that can sort yeah. of uh, get into the, uh, uh, she's pregnant with Valentine's baby, huh? And but it seems like I she's pretty it, far along. I expect some, um, <laughs> you love some Valentine. I, I mm-hmm. honestly expect some, um, some baby problems because if she's pregnant, because Brooklyn, by the way she's looking, is just as far along as Maxie is, which suspend your belief, soap fans, but she seems to be as far along as Maxie is. And so something just leads me to believe that there's just gonna be some some things going on. Is and this when we honestly, figure out Peter is Valentine's instead of Faison? <laughs> well, maybe that, but maybe Peter takes Valentine's child away from him that Brooklyn's giving birth to and give it to someone else. Maybe yeah. Maxie's kid, I don't know. I mean, I've seen so many, spe- so much speculation online, uh, but you know, babies are all over the soaps nowadays. Uh, Bold and the Beautiful mm-hmm. seems like they wrapped up their little um, soap baby storyline last week. Um, how do you feel about uh, the scenes? I know it got a lot of backlash online. Well, uh, I feel like, um, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to save some of that for the shade room because, I mean, I, I, I honestly wish I'd had time to really go in and watch all of this because the clips online really, I don't feel, did it justice and really went with <laughs> all of the, the, the minutiae that, that goes into this, this storyline. I'm trying to be as nice as possible and dance around it, but yeah. Interesting, Lucretia, because as, as my voice goes high when I'm like about to say something. No, so listen, I, I'm concerned. I want to know when CBS is going to get with the program. And by get with the program, I mean that on several Write different programs. Yeah. Well, that. But when is CBS going to get to the point where they are as comfortable as NBC and ABC are, and they're doing the same testing. Because my thing is, CBS has more money because they have yeah. more backing. So I'm concerned at why if General Hospital, and God forgive me, Days of Our Lives, who has no money, can do multiple tests a day, and people are actually kissing on there and they can do certain things, why is it not happening on other shows? Now, I think maybe because they have certain people who are of a certain age, but if you listen, Scott Clifton is young. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Anika Noel, uh, Jacqueline McInnes. I mean, granted, she was pregnant, and that's important for her to stay apart from people. Um, but I just, I- I'm just wondering when the social distancing isn't going to hinder the storylines, if that makes sense. Because I feel like right yeah. now, while I appreciate their social distancing, they're still writing the show as if they don't have to shoot it in a social distancing style. So if you're going to have fight scenes and you're going to do all that, I would implore you people, um, and this is just my opinion, just my opinion, but I would implore you to maybe not write those into the script um, because I think that it leads to, you know, I don't think that the, the last thing we need is for people to be making fun of soaps when they're on such a resurgence. And or it does make me there concerned. are soap podcasts who tries to be nice, but God, y'all really make it difficult sometimes. Yeah, and I just really, I really want to support. Look, we got four of these babies left. We're hoping that we start to see some integration of One Life to Live people on GH and, you know, the reemergence of all my children. Um, and, you know, some people, 
kind of switching gears here, have actually been calling for the return of As the World Turns and Guiding Light. I know that I'm one, at least showing old reruns because people are talking about um, Sharon Osbourne and what happened on the talk. Do you have any opinions on that? Well, here's the thing is, is I love daytime television, but I love daytime scripted television. And I do know that there is value in some of the other like talk shows. But to be honest, like, Kelly Clarkson's show is cute. That's fine. But the talk, it's as much as I love a lot of these women who've been on the talk over the years. Like, I mean, because some of my heroes, like Aisha Tyler, for example, she was on there. And there there are plenty of lovely women on the talk, but there's not, it's not a good show. And it's never been. It's It's been a much more subdued version of The View. And The View is just, just pure trash. I mean, I'm sorry, guys, but like, I didn't realize how many people watch that crap until I tweeted about like they should be putting the presidential crap that comes in at the views time slot instead of general hospital. Like seriously guys, like the real, I, I, I like those ladies. Um, so like, I'm honestly fine with the real. Cause again, they get real. And um, yeah. I like everybody that's on that show and they seem genuine, but yeah, the view is like, we're going to act like we're the biggest bitches in the planet um, to one another, I mean, but are. off screen, we're fine. <laughs> like, like, and that sort of thing is it's clearly not re it's a reality TV sort of thing. Uh, again, that's like going to be a long rant. Sorry, but about shitting on that. Get it. But, but then the talk is like, we're going to pretend like we like each other when we don't like, eh, yeah, either one is bad. They're both bad guys. Like, you know, if you want to have a cute, like, talk shows are a fact of life and fine. Like, I'm not saying death to all those, but these kind of panel shows, they've not worked in a while other than the real. Like, I will say, I don't mind that one. I think they're pretty respectful and they, they will talk about stuff. But yeah, the talk, mm -hmm. that's the biggest bullshit name. Same thing with the view. It's, there is no well, talk on the talk. There is only really one view on the view. So, eh. Okay, I hear you. But listen, yeah. we have to give the view where respect is due. Because if it was not for the view, the real, the talk, none of these shows would exist. Uh, Barbara Walters put that show out there. I think that the view has definitely changed. It's definitely more of a political show, which for me, um, in the past four years, it was great to see that. And honestly, all sides of it. I didn't mind like Meghan McCain. I, I, I want to hear all parts, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, all because I think it's important. Um, but I do agree with you that they could have definitely been putting some of the presidential things going on during that time slot or during that morning because they're already talking about it. Yeah. Uh, I would even say put it on during Kelly and Ryan, um, or I would even say put it on at 2 p.m. Because uh, uh, General Hospital comes on at three here, so it comes on at two there. So two here, one in Texas for you. Like I, I would even say put it on there so we can at least have have our show back. But a lot of that also kind of falls on General Hospital because even though the presidential thing was interrupting CBS and um, uh, NBC, yeah, CBS so often uh, opted to air it or do later. But again, I understood that apparently it was like budgetary because it's like, look, G General Hospital would rather wait and air the episodes in a certain time where it's not, I mean, cause again, it's about advertisers. There's so much involved with that.
that I understand yeah. why they do it, but but there was more of a joke and just shows how little I care about people talking right. other than uh, soap actors playing parts. Right. Well, but, Nilsen, but, they're, they're no longer counting the Nilsons ratings, Lucretia, I heard, like, same yeah. day. Like, they're now allowing people to, they're, they're finally counting, like, the uh, Hulu and, and stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I think that's good. Well, because I will say, like, Hulu for General Hospital was the smartest thing they ever did because I know plenty of people that that's the only way they get it. I mean, half the time that was like, especially if it's being interrupted and Hulu is by far the best streaming app, not to crap on the others. A lot of them are really good, but yeah, like Hulu has always been my favorite because it's more TV focused. And this is where I'll say that all my children and, and uh, One Life to Live were initially on there with the Prospect Park but they were just a little too soon. If they were doing that now, it would be doing well because well, everybody caught up to Hulu. Well, um, I don't know if they're still in the archives, but um, hmm. but yeah. Interesting. Same thing yeah, with the archives though, like, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I was gonna agree with you. I was just like, I don't know if they're, they're still on there, but um, my point of going back to Sharon Osborne. Yeah. So basically what happened um, on the talk, for those who don't know, um, there was a huge situation that happened after the Meghan Markle um, interview that happened a, a week ago. And basically, Pierce Morgan, you know, turns to find out him and Meghan went to have drinks and like she didn't want him and he was upset. So he's been had this agenda since her for very long, for a long time. And with the agenda, he's always used her race as a way like and and Sharon has also made comments like she's not that black she's not black passing like just different comments um you know she's also been accused of uh saying that um Holly Robinson Pete and uh Leah Remini were ghetto um and they shouldn't be on the show because they I think as you said Lucretia the talk is still trying to find it's funny because they've been on so long and they're still trying to find their voice the one thing I guess I respect about the view is at least they know they're a political talk show like <laughs> oh sorry i was just doing my impersonation of the show <laughs> right so so for me with the uh, with the talk it's a lot going on but in soap news everyone has been like isn't this a great time to put on some old reruns of as the world turns and guiding light and let's see yeah. whose ratings are better because that's what i was going to talk about is that I think CBS certainly realized the value of reruns when it comes to the soaps, especially mm -hmm. when you do a curated thing. And now with Paramount yeah. Plus, because that's what I was going to get, that they do have the option and they have a bigger mm -hmm. library, apparently, to, to house those oh, yeah. on their app. They have the ability to air them in that slot, and that would be great. I think they saw that. But this is where me and my, you know, because this is something I've talked to about uh, several people since the pandemic yeah. started is people because of the locker room, what they're doing. And as the world turns and guiding like specifically, as well as all my children one life to live, but we're able to see them sort of live on in a way with what ABC is doing. But with CBS, it's like, what's the holdup here with these two or same thing with NBC. Like you have Peacock, you now have this streaming app what's the holdup with Santa Barbara and passions and things like that. And so I've tried to investigate, like I'm an investigative reporter who went in to see who owns these rights. And Do you have answers for our fans. No. And that's the, the funny part is like you can, because Procter and Gamble did own the rights to guiding light and as the world turns and they may still, 
but that's sort of the thing is that's where most mm. of this lies. Like, and because I know from talking to people, like I remember being yeah. pissed because the Drew Carey show was like one of my favorite shows. So when I got to interview Drew Carey, I was like, so why is it not on streaming or DVD or anything like that? You can't really find anything but the first two seasons. He goes, oh, Warner Brothers didn't like us that much. So they didn't even bother to buy the music rights. So that's probably why. Like, and you're like, oh, okay. So everything comes to rights and who owns what. So like, yeah, that's yeah. my little insider knowledge I can give you guys. And I've tried to figure that out. So that's the thing well, is we got to figure out who owns the rights. And if they don't want them on Paramount or if they don't want them on um, Peacock, sell them to me. <laughs> I'll put them well, on an app. Like, come on. Well, LaCritia got, well, got some money. So there's that. The, the other I part have of theoretical it, money, <laughs> girl. There we are. Um, so I have a little bit to add to that. So Sunset Beach is owned by the Aaron Spelling Estate, um, and because of that, they don't want to have any of his products going out because I think they pulled like Melrose Place and 90210. They pulled all of his shows. I don't know what's going on. Really? That's a whole estate issue. So yeah, that makes sense. Another- it's sort of like Friday the Thirteenth with Victor Miller, who was an All My Children writer. He has just never given up the rights for them to make better movies like in now. Like not the party the 13th part six, Jason Lives is not one of the greatest, you know, horror films of all time, guys. But but we're due for some new Friday the 13th films. But your favorite All My Children writer, Victor Miller, is kind of the hold up there. So so I understand the Aaron Spelling thing. But yeah, it's like, what about Santa Barbara? Santa yeah. Barbara, I don't I don't know. I think that I, I mean, that might be a little different, but then you have like Another World, which is Procter yeah. & Gamble as yeah, well. Yeah, that's another one, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's Procter & Gamble. Uh, uh, Passions is under the uh, Jim Riley estate, uh, but it was an NBC Outpost Productions as well. So there's like a co-production estate issue there as well. Um, I think Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless both are with Son- Sony, but then you have Corday with days. So it's it's a lot of rights and stuff like Lucretia was saying, guys. And so while it seems like it would be easy, there's just so much. And I think that we're General Hospital, kind of going back to the whole one life to live on my children rights, yeah. is that one life, General, General Hospital has to make a decision. Do they want to have right, do they want to have rights to you know these shows and be able to bring these characters in? Do they want to be the launching post for all my children, you know, prime time, do they want to help that, you know, and give them, you know, the eyeballs. And with One Life to Live, they have so many actors who are now woven into the general hospital tapestry playing other characters that it gets so difficult. And there's so many people that don't want to hear the, you look familiar to me, or you remind me of, no one wants to do that. So it's it's very touchy-feely because it's like, you have Hayden, for example. I think of Hayden every time I think of this. I'm like, all right, there's Hayden. I love Rebecca Buttig, but a lot of people would love her to be Greenlee. Yeah, on Greenlee, all my Smythe, Dupre, Lavery, sadly. <laughs> oh, like, she is one of my faves of all time. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. So for me, I like Greenlee, but I also have grown to like Hayden. And then that's taken away from Elizabeth having another sister. And with Violet there, that situation's kind of unresolved. So at some point, Hayden has to come back in, right? But I don't know when that's going to be. And it's kind of like, Elizabeth seems like she's forgiving Nick for chasing Hayden out of town. It almost feels like that they're trying to erase Hayden and like she never yeah. existed. 
and that, that to me is a little troubling because I think that that character is needed. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. And, and you know, hopefully they make the, a resolution over at the talk. I know they're on hiatus for the next few days while they investigate the, the on-air clash between um, Sharon Osborne um, and the rest of the ladies. So I'm hoping that they kind of, you know, you know, especially Cheryl Underwood, they get to a decision on that. Um, but everything else is going on good, except for a, a backlash at Days of Our Lives. I don't know if you heard anything about this, Lucretia. Well, yeah, I, I can't believe there was a backlash, except I can because people suck. Like, right. like, like, I was like, of course you can. Because, yeah, me and my mom are watching it, and we're like, oh, my God, we love her already. But I knew I would love Jackie Harry, and I just love how she says what she thinks. She doesn't care. Like, the teachable moment. Like, everything was very much, like, tongue-in-cheek. I really appreciate Ron for creating this character and for writing this and getting someone like Jack A, who is just – she is this force to be reckoned with. And it was so funny when she's like, you don't ever touch a black woman's hair. And I can't believe in all of her years, Julie did not know that. So I loved that teachable moment and things like that. Julie's being written very interesting to me. So for the past, even before Ron came on, Julie has been written as an old racist white lady and i'm just like the fans a little bit confused because i've never but you know what that that's part of my learning as well because i don't think i think i had just accepted that like listen there's only one to two black people in salem and that's mm -hmm. abe carver and whatever woman they're putting him with after lexi died they tried with maxine the nurse they had eugenia the other black lady like i always know it's only one or two black people um and you know they had their Spanish family, um, which not all of them were Hispanic, but that's a whole nother yeah. story. We talked about that with Young and the Restless, and so I, you know, I was confused because I'm like, J Julia, has this always been her trait? Like, how does she go from being like nosy to just being? kind of like racist but i also think it's great because i do i i think a fan went online and talked about when uh valerie was originally now played by vanessa williams uh was originally on the show yeah. dating julie's son there was a lot of issues about race that came up during that time um and julie's son was david banning um who is technically hopes uh she i, I don't know how because julie's hope's sister but stepmom and so david Whoa. is hope's stepbrother but also cousin, I think. I don't know. Because oh. it's such a it's such I always a weird think thing. about like Adriana Kramer and how she lost her virginity on One Life to Live to her nephew, but luckily he was adopted because we didn't make her a Kramer till later. And then so thank God River was adopted by Cassie and not her biological because making Adriana a <laughs> Dorian's daughter. Yeah. So therefore Cassie's sister. And then it was like she married her cousin on the show in real life, David Pomero. So yeah, yeah it's, it's so cute. It's like, weird. I think, wait, I think Hope, I just figured it out. Hope is, um, Hope would have been David's aunt and his sister yeah. because of Julie being her sister. So yeah, Does I think explain it's- Explain why uh, Eli and Valerie look like brother and sister instead of mother and son. <laughs> like, like yeah. I was like, they're too, she's too young looking. She's so pretty. Yeah. So beautiful. Well, they recast the role. The role was originally yeah. played by, I think, three other different women. Um, and then Vanessa Williams is now in the role. I mm. love that they're using her more because I was really yeah. sad when they kind of let her go. Um, but I love Paulina. I think Paulina's great. Oh, yeah. I think this, I, I think 
was interesting. A lot of the comments that I've seen, I want to talk directly to you guys, uh, to, to, to you fans, as someone who is of color. Um, a lot of the comments I saw were just downright disgusting, to be honest with you. A lot of them were just like, well, we don't want to hear about race. We hear about it all the time. And I read one person's comment that was like, well, if you just if you just ignore racism, it won't be a thing. If you just don't make it a thing, it won't be a thing. And for me, that's a horrible way of looking at it um, because that's kind of how we got in the situation we've been in. So I, 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 and I looked at all the pictures of these fans who were talking and they were all at least in their 50s. Some of them maybe... 40s and 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 it's expected because of that generation um i just hope that because i trust jack a and i trust jack a mm-hmm. to make sure that the story that they're telling is going to be an appropriate story and i i know where they're heading they're heading to her and a being together we already know Yay. anytime someone new it's gonna be her and a. um so honestly, I think that people will start to see, you know, her character soften. I think that also, though, it's okay that she's bringing some awareness to the other inhabitants of Salem. And I think that they all need that because shit, come on, man. Like it is a pretty white town. And, and you know, that's not the real world, you know, no matter what, that's not the real world we live in. So I'm, a, I'm hoping, you know, that we get that. But I'm excited for the next segment. It's my favorite segment that you come up with. Oh yeah, one. but just before we go to that, because I've been wanting to show this video for a while. Um, yes. Kate Braun, uh, Nancy Lee Gron's daughter, released her first EP, <laughs> Ragdoll. I love it, but you know, yes. not as much as I love her TikTok here. That she did a song about her mother's uh, General Hospital character, so I feel like yes. it's the best thing for all of us soap fans here to enjoy. This is my mom. <laughs> she knows her mom. <laughs> Don't worry, Kate. We'll put you a little um oh yeah. I love well. it. I I really do I love Kate Gron, and what I love more than Kate Gron is I love Nancy's love for her daughter. Yes, Nancy, Nancy's love for her daughter is one of I think the most beautiful things. Um, and you know, you know, this is International Women's Month. Uh, giving you a special shout out, Lucretia, for International Women's Month, which is why I wore my Princess Peach Ooh. shirt today. Um, I you could know, have coordinated. The, I had a Princess Peach shirt. I don't know if it's here, but um, that was one of my favorite freebies from Nintendo when I play Luigi. I'm the person. I used to be the person in Luigi costume for Nintendo. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I, I, so, you know, I, I, I shout out to all women. And one thing that I see is the women in soaps in real life they really love their kids and they, they, they would do anything for them. And, you know, shout out to all of our women um, in soaps on and off camera, because without you, 
the soaps wouldn't be alive. Come, come on, you know, you guys put it out there, you know, and I, I just want to say I love you all for giving us so much entertainment for all these years. Well, well, thank you, Darrell. Um, yeah, like Erna Phillips and you have uh, Agnes Nixon. It was women who started soaps. And and I don't want to crap on the guys who are writing because I love me some Ron Carvalotti. I like Chris and Dan. Like, it's great that we, because I'm all about equality. But yeah, I mean, this was a genre started by women. And I appreciate like the acknowledgement of that there. Um, that can't be, you know, said that that all soaps are great all the time, but but that that's how we are. But yeah, it is nice to see Nancy support Kate, and, and I love that. Like, I love that she's like, "This is funny." Kate's making a funny song. They they have an adorable relationship that I I, I enjoyed watching during the pandemic. There were fun little videos back and forth or stuff. Yeah. And, and Nancy's found love. She's found her Prince Charming. And I think that that's so beautiful. Like I remember like doing and, and working with Nancy. And I remember I, the first year I worked with Nancy, she was just like, ah, something about not having a man. And like, <laughs> I, knew that, I knew that wasn't like a, a thing for her. And I just remember recently when I got to work with her a few years ago, she was so happy. And she loves the man she's with now. He loves her and they have a really, really beautiful family. So very shout out to the grands and, and fucking Kate's about to become a like national, like universal worldwide recording star. Like, oh my God. So I can't wait to hear and buy more of her music. Yeah, guys. So get ragdoll now support Kate Grand because I, I do believe she's a talent just like her mother. Yep, Absolutely. But all right, that was too nice. So now we got to be dicks in the shade room. So shady, please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. So shady. Yep. So um, shady. <laughs> yeah. My tribute well, to the I feel like I feel like this is it, man. I know Lucretia has been sitting on with bated breath for this section. <laughs> and I'm going to let you take this, honey, because I know you got something to say. Well, to me, it's just like a picture is worth a thousand words, guys. And as we alluded to earlier, Bold and the Beautiful has made some bold choices. And just like my friends at the Soup, where I modeled this after, I just got to start showing some clips here and just making some jokes. Because what else is this rather than a joke? Oh, boy. Uh. Help me, man. If this guy tells the hospital, I can get fired. I can go to jail. I can go to jail, Thomas. Well, the internet. Well, that's what happens. But <laughs> there we go. Help me, man. If this guy tells the hospital, I can get fired. I can go to jail. <laughs> I can go to jail, Thomas. I'm not going to. I'm not going to jail for this. Help me, man. If this guy tells the hospital, I can get fired. I can go to jail. I could go to jail, Thomas. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I was like, it's so short. You just got to laugh about it. But, I mean, that that wasn't even, that wasn't it, guys. It continued. The poor choices here. Because to me, like, if you guys saw Maurice Bernard's video, I feel like his production value might have been a little bit better. And that was just a, a fun project because let, let's just see how they they fare here I did it all for you thomas i did it all for you no it's just um um <laughs> do you have thoughts 
Every time I watch it, Lucretia, I get my heart breaks. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> because it's very obvious that they're not looking at each other, that they're not in the same room or vicinity of each other, um, which makes their acting choices questionable. Um, and I think that all three men... That's the word of the day. <laughs> I, I, I think that all the men in the scene are, are, are very talented in their own right. Um, uh, especially Matthew Atkinson. I think he does an amazing job with the story. Oh, yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. Um, the, the other men are, you know, they're fine. Um, <laughs> but I, I, <sighs> that was rough. That was rough. And it's rough because no one cares about this story. Everyone knew this is how it's going to be. And the only thing I would have wanted more, Vincent, did you do it for Thomas because you're in love with him or something? Like, yeah, why that would have been do a it? good like, beat. Uh, were you obsessed with him? Uh, like, I don't know. Like, the whole thing, I just know that there's a lot of diehard. Uh, Matt Hanvey is one of them. He's a diehard Bold and the Beautiful fan. We've converted him to General Hospital, the Mohaha. Uh, but he's a diehard. It's so much better. <laughs> like, like, it's a show. This is like, I could make this. I mean, I'm honestly tempted to redo this scene mind myself because that's how it was clearly done with one person in a room. Like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know what makes me the most sad about this? As soaps are trying to research, as I was saying earlier, that this is the reason that people make fun of soap operas. Yeah. That scene. It's a caricature. Meanwhile, General me, Hospital days, YNR, they were all good this week. They were and all that, good. That was why I said three out of the four this week, guys, were, were stellar. Like, and I, and I don't want to, I personally don't want people to connect my love of and also the work that I do on soap operas with soap operas to what happened last week in that particular scene on Bold and the Beautiful. I think that I think it was a bad choice, I have to say. And, you know, I always have wanted to work with Brad Bell. I want to be on that show at some point. I would love to. But I think that that was a bad choice. And I don't, I don't know one person that thought it was you good. You chose I don't know. poorly. You chose poorly, darling. Yeah, that wasn't good. I'm sorry. I was making an Indiana Jones reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know I how know. they're going to fix this. I mean, honestly, at this point, the best thing to do would be to bring back the sh bring back Sheila and bring back a woman yeah. uh, played by Susan Flannery that looks like Stephanie. <laughs> that confuses everybody. I don't know at this point. Have her be Stephanie's like trashy twin sister that we never knew yeah. about. Just something like, because I really try to support all the soaps, and there are some great actors on Bold. Don't get me wrong, but there are some pretty poor choices going on. But you know, there is. we we can like pivot into some good choices because I feel like uh, that that's the way to go here, so where we can be nice. Uh, we got to go to performer of the week. Yes, and I love performer of the week. Yeah, because, I, and I know I already gave it to him for the week before, but it's not my fault. William Lipton just rules and just slays all the material given to him. But boy, like him and Becky Hearst, this is what Becky does best. And this is why if we want more for Liz, we do have to give her like this type of material. And it's not to say that Becky can't do anything because she's great at the comedy, her and Franco, the fun scenes. But we had a lot of that. But this is what Emmys are made of, guys. And maybe she wanted that Emmy reel this year. 
And I know William's got his and she's got hers. So we got to give it to the Frizz fam and just how well they both executed everything. I mean, I was bawling and I barely have feelings, guys. I drink them. Mm -hmm. That's, okay, now we're talking. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I also, um, I really like the beat of Jeannie Francis um, and how yeah. she contributed to that story when she found out. Um, I, I think that the acting um, was top notch there. And I also want to give a, another shout out because I have to do that um, to Stacey Haddock um, on yeah. Days because I think that the work that she's doing is so layered and it's so nuanced and it's such a silly story, but she's finding the heart in it. She's trying to find something within it. Um, I don't know where they're going with Kristen right now. As of now, I think she's putting on a Sarah mask, but um, <laughs> it's, it's going to be an interesting beat for sure. Um, but I wanted to give her another shout out as well. And I know you had a couple of honorable mentions that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, because, I mean, and Ken himself said this, like, I appreciate all the lovely comments from you guys, but I got to give it to William and Le Becky myself. So that's why I at least wanted to give Ken the honorable mention, as well as Roger himself, because, mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to try not to get choked up, but that scene with Cameron and him, that was Cameron's dream. And that was sort of that beat that they had that was like, this is it. Like, Franco is gone. And then, like, we had the, the later moment in the morgue where I was like, literally, don't open it, don't open it, don't open it. And everything about that. But, like, to me, that moment with Roger, with the dream, with Cam was so real. And just like with Ken, those little beats, especially with Jeannie, as you mentioned earlier, it was so great that, that she got to share in this because she's part of that family as well. Like when you open yeah. up that bigger, fan, you know, Frizz fam photo, you see that Laura and Bobby were a part of it as well. And Kevin, I like that that's a family. And I like that we got that moment of history where when, when uh, Scotty said, I've lost three kids, like, and he yeah. name checked. Karen, Logan, now Franco. And the fact that it was with Jeannie was so special. Yeah, I wonder what would Heather do when she find out what happened to Franco. She might be the one to put the bullet in Peter herself. Uh, I, which I wish we were did. getting Heather Weber back, but I'm afraid that's probably not in the cards. Just what I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I w I'm hoping that there's a murder mystery that happens uh, and it's Peter head on a block. Um, but <laughs> I, I think everyone's hoping that. Um, I also want to give honorable mention to Jackie McKinnis Woods uh, from Bold, since we were talking about that earlier, because I think that she, in dealing with the storylines and scenes that have been done, she always finds a way to root things in reality. Um, and I like the work that she always puts forward. I mean, this is why she won Best Actress, um, I believe, two years ago now. And so I always want to, you know, give give shout out where shout outs do. And I think that she she did a really good job. So can't wait to continue to see uh, where she goes from here. <laughs> yeah. And where do we go from here other than getting into our winners and losers? Winners and losers. My favorite part. We're trying some things here, guys. Just like, just like Victoria. I, I, you know, I, I said, is she a winner or is she a loser? I feel like she's both. How do you feel? Talk to me about it. Like, mm -hmm. because you had a lot to say about this in the green room and like, you <laughs> talk to me, talk to me. 
I love Victoria Newman when she is like boss ass bitch. And like when we get those beats of, because that line when she's, he's like, oh, I didn't realize you were the, the pretty one or something like that. Ashlyn says that. And I love Richard Berge. But she's like, oh, no, that's my brother, Nicholas. I'm the brains of the family. Like that, that was fucking gold. That is your yeah. gold there, YNR. That right there, because it's funny. We, we all agree because Nick is the pretty one. Not to say that Victoria isn't beautiful, but he, he is more of the heartthrob and she's like the cutthroat. But I love a cutthroat bitch. What I don't love is my cutthroat bitch. As much as I love Billy and I'm a Billy apologist, Victoria, free Victoria, hashtag free Victoria. No, saying you're still in love with Billy just ruined. Because to me, she was the winner all week up until that moment. But I'm still hoping for my girl Victoria to get her some Ashlyn Locke. Because that she girl probably she probably will go into that direction actually mm -hmm. and we all know what Richard Berge looks like under his clothes and it's oh, yeah. pretty good um, yeah so for me uh, I thought that losers this week were Evan from Days because Evan slash Christian uh, from Days because but he's he had so all cute. these plans <laughs> he's so cute and he, I think he had really big possibility of being a bisexual character on the show yeah. um, but I mean that's good. like he he he's dumb. I don't understand these people who have these plans and these dastardly plans, and then nothing it goes nowhere. So that yeah. was stupid. Um, I also think uh, Sierra was a loser as well because you don't know that that's a gas pole, and you've been yeah. locked away for how long? And you start messing with it. You didn't have you didn't think that through. Uh, the next but she thing did have a like, bathroom. Like, like that's why the, I love that they made sure that it was like, no, we, we, we established this room was a bathroom, but now we know. Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a, that was a little messy. Also, Sarah from days again, why are you talking to the villain and trying to reason with the villain and why? So why? Oh, why no, 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 no. I'm not going to do like lie, 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 Sarah lie your yeah. ass off to get out of there. Like you're a doctor. And, and, and then she turned her back. It's almost equal to when Brooklyn was like, I'm not calling nobody. I'm gonna confront you first. Why didn't you just go to Michael instead of confronting someone as dangerous as now? So for me, that's stupid. Um, so yeah. Claire was I, also was stupid mind. too. Like I put Claire's like on here for the losers where it's like, yep. Like Claire, like again, like the talking. like. You could have easily written yourself out of that, like with Evan. You didn't have to be like, hey, I recognize you, like, girl. And this is like the third time this year. And we're not, we're only in March. Like, no, uh uh. I love Just, Claire, but, mm. but no. Um, well, the winner, you already spoke about Victoria. I think mm. Ben was a winner because uh, Ben just would not give up. And that's what true love is made of. Listen, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are giving him a hard time about the, how can they visualize each other? But listen, I'll go with it. It's yeah. days of our lives. It's, it's adorable, guys. I'm a Sin fan. No, uh -uh. I'm willing to suspend belief because this is sweet. And I'm a C-I-N fan, not an S-I-N-N fan from Bold and the Beautiful because that was something promised to us that did not happen. Um, <laughs> and then then I think that Stephanie was also yeah. a winner this week because while I just said it didn't happen, she seemed like she finally got her happy ending with Finn um, and he proposed. Um, so Yeah, I'm the baby's not Liam, so like that's a win. Not Liam. 
Yeah, I mean, that's such a win. I really do hope the best for Stephanie because I feel like that character has always been held in contempt of Liam and Hope. Um, and I feel like they've been held in contempt of Steffi and I want them to cohabitate as just friends. And there's not a situation where Lim gets drunk and he gets in bed with Steffi and vice versa, or Hope gets drunk and she like start thinking about Thomas. And I'm like, Thomas is fine though. Can we talk about oh, that? Yeah. Matthew mm -hmm. Can get it. Yeah. And oh, I liked him when he was on YNR and even when he went bad, I was like pissed. Like I was like, when I'm they like, killed him, I was like, ooh, I like Austin. Like him in summer. And I'm like, yeah, he can, he can do whatever he yeah. wants and it, it, it would be great. But speaking of like, when whenever Ben and Sean share scenes, do you ever hear anything they uh -huh. have to say? Like, or is it just like, what happened? Yeah. Um, the, I like, for, and they start out in leather jackets, and then they don't have clothes on. Like, I, I, I just always blank out. Like, they share a lot of scenes I, together, and it happens every time. Ben and Sean gave me very much Eric and Jason Stackhouse from True Blood, and I was yes. like, make out. I was just like, take your clothes off. I was looking at how tight Sean's shirt was, and how it stuck to his body, and I was just like, wow. And I was like, like looking at Ben and I saw like the little sweat on his brow while he was getting mad. And I was like, oh, y'all got so much tension. Why don't y'all go in like the back room and like do something? Like I want them both. But I love oh. Brandon, love Robert. I got to work with him on the All My Children reboot. Yeah. He's a doll. Um, and Brandon's great too. Brandon and oh, I got yeah, to hang I love out. Him. Yeah. Same place. But like when I hung out with Brandon, he actually wasn't on days at the time because him and uh, Martha hadn't came back. So it was, he was doing the Bay. And so I got to hang out with him at one of those parties. And um, he's a very interesting person. He's, he's cool. So I'm like, damn, Brandon, I see. But here's the thing though, because we've seen them be naked on the show before and shit, I can't. Cause I look right at them and I'm like, wow, I've seen you naked. I know what's under your shirt. I would love to see it, <laughs> but I can't do that. So I'm professional. I know, like professionalism is is hard, guys, and that's what's funny is I realize you and I are so cut from the same cloth because when you said Eric and Jason Stackhouse, do you know what my wallpaper is? I'm just gonna share this for those of you who don't Eric. know that are unfamiliar with what a sick pervert I am. Um, but um, when when we talk about Eric. Somebody loves Eric. Like all of my wallpapers are Eric. Oh. Naked. Oh my gosh, so you watched him in Big Little Lies when he showed his uh, penis on Big Little oh, Lies. Oh yeah, he did in True Blood too. That's like the, they gave us that in the finale, not to get too graphic guys, but like uh, that was like, what was it? The season before the last one. It's like, yep, that's the one good scene. And then the rest of it was trash. I get it in a pack when I was pregnant and you had to do blah, 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 but whatever. Like, yes, we love, I love Alexander Skarsgård. I think he is a very attractive man. And yeah, like when we were talking about slash shifts on True Blood, because uh, even though I'm the biggest Sam and Bill apologist, because I love me some Sam Trammell, and uh, Sam is a character too. They're adorable. Love me some Bill. Like, honestly, can you name a bad guy in True Blood? No. Um, but Jason, oh, Jason's definitely him and Eric, those little moments that they gave us. That was nice. I love you, Alec Ball. I do too. What do you think about the reboot before we go? Um, I think that um, I almost feel like it's going to be True Blood without all the, the sex and nudity. And we already had that. It was called Midnight Texas and it was terrible. So, uh-uh. 
Like, if Alexander Skarsgård isn't in it and he's not naked half the time he's in scenes, then I don't want to see that show. Uh-uh. Did you watch The Stand with him? Did you watch that? No, but it's on my list because I do have the app. And because uh, I'm getting there because it's like it's on my list. But I love Skarsgård. I'm curious for you to watch it and for you to tell me how you feel about it. And then we can talk to our fans about it on the podcast because I think it'll be interesting because I, I trust your opinion on it. I have mine, but I'm not going to share it yet because I don't want to influence you at all. Oh, you don't want to influence me. <laughs> yeah. At least not in that way. Um, guys, that was so much fun. Lucretia and I are so cheeky. We love each other. We love coming to you guys every Monday. Uh, remember to also uh, listen to Forever and a Day After Show on the JL Media Network every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And I believe that's 11 PST. Um, so we'll be streaming. So definitely check that out. Uh, check out new episodes of Forever and a Day on Mondays. Um, and you can also uh, check me out here and on Pride the Podcast as well. Um, every Wednesday, Thursday that comes out. So please do. And Lucretia, where can they find you and check out other things you're doing, honey? Since I'm Lucretia Line, guys, you can always find me at L A C R E T I A L Y O N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Good. Bye, everybody. Okay, Fern Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part. Thank you so much for listening to Believe in Soap Operas. If you're not subscribed to the show, be sure to hit that button so you get new episodes each week in the feed of your favorite podcasting app. Like us, rate us. Have something to say? Leave us a review. And if you're looking for the video version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page, all under Believe in Soap Operas. That's B-L-E-A-V. We will be streaming live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, and that's 3 p.m. Pacific, on Facebook and YouTube, so join in on the fun there. And don't forget to catch up on Forever and a Day, the first soap opera to go back to the roots of audio during the pandemic. Seasons 1 and the first part of Season 2, now available on all the podcast platforms you can find this one. Stay safe and sane, soap fans, and stay tuned for more Believe in Soap Operas. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.